episode of Girls from Foreign. Today it's me by myself because someone is in BIM living their best life. But while she's away, I decided to do an episode that is dear to my heart. It's about mental health, but especially in our black community. And I've got a guest with us today. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi guys. My name is Rihanna and I am the special guest. <laughs> Tell us about yourself, Rihanna. Who is Rihanna? So Rihanna has been working in mental health for over six years now. Um, I started, I went to, obviously went to uni, um, studied applied social studies, which is a combination of like social work mixed in with a lot of other elements as well. Because so I was in the mix of becoming, a, I, wanted, I was thinking, should I be a social worker? But I originally actually wanted to do probation as well. So I was, you know, when you're in that way and you're thinking, oh, what am I meant to do? Mm-hmm. So I started that. Um, obviously graduated and like when I graduated there was that issue of struggling to find a job because mm-hmm. I didn't have the experience so I started volunteering with an organization called Sova Support Link um unfortunately they're not actually running anymore which is a shame and what they did is they gave me like voluntary experience with working with people with mental health originally that wasn't the avenue I was going down I actually wanted to go down the young offenders youth, mm-hmm. youth route so I w- wanted to do probation but I got matched with for some strange reason not complaining um <laughs> And then, yeah, that started off my journey within the mental health sector. So within that role, I basically worked with ex-offenders um, with personality disorders specifically. Wow. And if you're not familiar with um, the mental health diagnosis, personality disorder for me particularly is quite difficult to do just because they can be quite... Some people, like, for example, antisocial personality, personality disorder can actually be quite negative, can be non-engaging... And it can be difficult when you're trying to get them to do certain things. So just cut, before I cut you off, so personality disorder is more like ADHD? Was it okay? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, ADHD is, it com- ADHD, yes, it. Um, ADHD is completely separate in regards to personality disorder. Okay. They do say, there has been research saying a lot, quite a lot of people that do um, have some sort of mental health diagnosis, ADHD is actually a part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but personality disorder strictly is what it says like a disorder of that person's personality so is there a lot of young black boys because i assume you work with would you work with boys or girls um so when i was in sober i just worked mainly with males um so the ex-offenders that i worked with prime had a primary diagnosis of personality disorder so i used to basically do their budgeting with them help them with their housing um obviously when it coming from that was from a prison background so Rehabilitation, I'm sure everybody knows, is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, getting people to stay on the straight and narrow once they come out of prison is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. So my role was to try and help them stay on the straight and narrow and also support them with their mental health. Because it's not easy coming out of prison and having a mental health issue. Imagine you've been locked up for 30 plus years. You've now come out and it's just a completely different environment. So a lot of the guys I worked with were a lot older mm-hmm. as well. I, mm-hmm. just, I didn't... Yeah, I think they were a lot older. Probably, like, youngest I worked with was probably, like, 40. Um, That's still even that old. Yeah, no, it's still not even that old, to be fair. Um, so we would basically do housing, budgeting, um, did quite a lot. I went to some of their groups with them in the local psychiatric hospital, and they had, like, quite a bit of therapy as well. So according to whatever their diagnosis was, some of them were said that they had to, do, like, do mandatory groups. Mm-hmm. So they would go, so I'll support them with that. Yeah. So I did that for about two and a half years. It was really, really, really enjoyable. Had a really good time. Um, I then became a support. Uh, no, actually, I didn't become a support. Officer. I became a recovery worker for an organ for a housing association. Mm-hmm. That again was my stepping stone again into mental health. Um, I basically 
had to support 12 residents with enduring mental health needs. And Can that you ranged... just elaborate what that means? Yeah, sure. So that ranged from people with schizophrenia to, again, personality disorders, to schizoaffective disorder, to um, severe chronic depression and anxiety. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was an eye-opener for me because that was kind of my first experience being there kind of 24-7. So when I was a recovery worker, so I started as a trainee recovery worker. Mm-hmm. So like in the job title, I was just training, but I more helped them, support them with like activities and like I would organize groups and do, and again, help them with daily budget. So budgeting, um, anything they ha- had difficulties with it, such as like getting on the bus, going to the shop, normal things that we don't find difficult, they do. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. How did it feel being around so many men as a young woman, knowing that these men are not misbehaving they're just literally not well and they need support to be honest funny enough i prefer working with men to female in the mental health world yeah um i mean anyone that works with mental health obviously everyone has a preference but for me i found females they're a lot they can be a lot more demanding than mm-hmm. men especially um with mental health um my when i got promoted to support of sorry the role i was just talking about my free because when I got promoted, you then have to you're you're a shift lead, so then I would run the shift. Mm-hmm. Um, I would administer some training medication, so I could administer meds. Um, and you had to have three lead people, and all my three lead people were females. All of them, all three of them. At wow. one point, I had four females and one male. Wow. Yeah, and the females were the most demanding. Um, they and again they're. A lot of their diagnosis was schizophrenia, personality disorder, and, and schizophrenia again. So two of them had schizophrenia, one had a personality disorder. Uh, yeah, it was a struggle. Yeah. A struggle with men. Usually, what I found anyway, when working, and I think it's anyone who works in mental health will tell you that everybody works differently and not everybody's the same. And having to, you're engaged trying to deal with people who technically have been quite institutionalized in society. Especially like the age group I used to work with, I didn't necessarily work with the younger, the younger age generation. Mm-hmm. I'm more like I said, I was doing like more older adults. Mm-hmm. So they had been institutionalized for so long to a point where some of them couldn't cook and clean for themselves just because they've had it done for them, or they think because they have mental health they can't do anything just because that is how it's been portrayed for so long. Mm-hmm. Obviously now we're adjusting to a time where it's about support and person centered, yeah. but before it wasn't like that. It wasn't about person centered. It was about giving that person their meds and just making them do what they have to do. It wasn't about that person, that individual. Yeah. So a lot of the guys I worked with were very institutionalized. Once you kind of broke down the institutionalized way of they were living, it was then a lot more easier to engage with them. Mm-hmm. Um. So I had quite a lot of breakthroughs in that job with just engaging with a lot, a lot of the residents. I actually do miss it. Frontline work is hard yeah which is why i left i just got burnt out um got signed off work it was affecting me mentally as well because i feel like when you do work because i worked in the community just to stay so i wasn't doing inpatient wards Mm. um, i worked strictly in the community so i just felt it was just really draining and it's funny because you're working with in mental health and you're mentally exhausted yourself yeah because some of these things and the thing is though some of the you have to look at the history and the trauma of what has happened to some of these people and some of what's happened to them isn't nice at all i know I could go on and on all day about trauma-informed, but a lot of reasons why people have mental health difficulties is because of their trauma, that they've suffered it within childhood, in young adulthood, and it's just gone with them. 
if you don't look to understand the person before their mental health diagnosis, then you're never, if you're working in mental health, you're never going to engage with them because you need to see the person before. A lot of people don't do that. They just look, oh gosh, that person's got schizophrenia. What does that mean? Is it going to hurt me? Is he going to harm me? If you look into diagnosis, and I think that's a lot, people don't research things and just assume. The media portrays mental health like someone running around trying to kill people. And if you really understand schizophrenia, that is not the case. And I can say that firsthand that's true because um, schizophrenia runs in my family mm-hmm. quite close to me. And with one of the people it runs close to me with, it, I will say now, I really understand what it means. But because I never saw the negative side of schizophrenia with that person, when people will be like, oh, but he has this, he has that, I'm like, yeah. he's, no- he's normal. He's what I would call normal. Um, prior to his diagnosis... I don't know because I've never I didn't meet him prior and known yeah. him as a man that has schizophrenia but I think once you understand as you said what it is they're actually nice people like all of us we all have something unique about us it's just that they've got a need that they need more support with and I think when you people need to start thinking about that negative connotation with schizophrenia or any mental health they are human beings. Yeah. And one day, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but one day you could be put in that shoes where your close family member could be, it could be yourself. So we need to start coming out of that narrow-minded way and think, you know what? These are just people. Um, Another question I want to ask is, did you find that it was a lot of... What particular race was there that you found when you was working with um those people? Were they? Were they black, black. white? So out of 12 residents, nine of them were black so that's like and when i was leaving actually another black man was actually moving in so that would make it to 10 is that quite scary to think most of the residents you worked with yeah people it was scary and it was also very very interesting because it was a case of the lack of insight as well um i've said this before we have a lack of black psychiatrists we have a lack of black psychologists we have a lack of black therapists in the black community and this is a public service announcement. We need more. Agreed. We need them. We need them. Especially in this current climate. We need more black um, mental health professionals. It's just needed. We have like a lot of black mental health nurses, a lot of black ward mat- um, lot of black ward managers, a lot of black matrons. But psychiatry, psychology, nah. They're a lack. And it shouldn't be underrepresented because we're actually overrepresented in certain mental health situations. So currently, my current job now actually is um, I work, I still work in mental health, but I more work on the current, on the sidelines, I would say. I'm not on the front line anymore. Mm-hmm. And part of my role is going to different forensic secure units and like doing quality improvement. And interestingly enough, I see firsthand how much black psychiatrists and psychologists we have. And this from when I've been working, I think I've seen about two black psychiatrists. Wow. And most two. of your clients are black. And most of the patients, a lot of patients, we're very over, overrepresented. Black people are very overrepresented in these certain institutions. But the psychiatrists that they're talking to, they're not black. They're white or maybe Asian or Chinese, but they're not black. That's scary because you need people like you to understand you. Exactly. Um, especially when you kind of link it back to what you're saying about the trauma, mm-hmm. um, childhood, early adulthood, mm-hmm. like all of that stems from somewhere. And a lot of parents, or a lot of, yeah, parents, I would say, if they haven't got that understanding, of course they're going to show their child what this is what it is when there is more to what it is. And we need to start educating our black people that this is what uh, mental health is. It's not what the media portray it as. Mm-hmm. It's not a crazy man disease. It's not 
a negative thing yes it's a negative because it's not nice to have something but there is positive out there and mm-hmm. if a white person can get the support and all that care so should a black person exactly. what makes you different just because of your skin color exactly and i do also i will also say that's also troubles within the black community as well because like i'm gonna say again black people was not grown to know about mental health if you really think about it and go if you look deep within mm-hmm. your own black family when was the first time your mum actually opened up to you and spoke about mental health? Or when was the first time your dad did that? Or your grandmother? A lot of our, my grandparents, like I said, have immigrated to mm-hmm. come over here. What is... I couldn't even have a conversation with them about mental health because they're just looking at me like, well, what's this girl talking about? Because as black people, we don't talk about mental health. It's not in our household. It's not in our, it's not in our blood. It's not what we do. Yeah. And we need to really move away from that narrative. Um, I was speaking with one of my friends who's a black psychologist. And he was saying, obviously, we come from the case where we believe in religion. So it's a case of like, oh, just pray about it. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling low, pray. You can't be feeling low because, you know, if your life's all right. You have money, you have a job. Why are you upset? Yeah. That's the one thing I used to always remember. Like, you're fine. You had these things. So why are you upset? Why are you low? And when you can't openly speak about what is going on in your mind, then that's when the problems start to more eradicate and more manifest. And unfortunately, with black people, we get to a point where... We can't speak, so the point when it's intervened is when it's at crisis point. When that person potentially is getting sectioned or that person potentially has harmed somebody or harmed themselves. And it's not right. We should be, it should be early intervention. Don't get me wrong, I know it's very hard to kind of change the narrative and I know a lot of people's households, what they know is what they know. Black people can be stubborn at times. <laughs> so it's kind of like going away from the narrative that we've always had, which is don't, you don't talk about your problems. Talking about therapy, for example. I've grown up with, you don't tell people your business. You mm-hmm. keep it in the house. Mm-hmm. However, if I'm going through something and I'm struggling, I'm going to see a therapist. That's just how it is. I haven't personally gone to therapy myself because I felt like I haven't need to. But if a situation came up, I'm going to therapy. I think our generation has done a really, really good job of acknowledging our trauma and knowing that we need to heal from certain things and being willing and open to go and see a therapist. Mm-hmm. Now, my parents' generation and my nan and granddad's generation, I don't know about that. It's true because I see a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it. Is it a black therapist? I've done both. Oh, okay. Um, I get why we should see a black therapist Mm. um, and I enjoyed it. But what I found with my white therapist, she challenged me more. And I think it's because she never understood. And I would just say things like what was normal to us black people, but Mm -hmm. she couldn't understand. So I had to really explain how I felt and what was going on. And it started to make me really think about why I'm here. Yeah. And that I'm not crazy to think. And, I I would I love my black therapist and I'll always go to her but I like the way my white therapist challenged me. Okay. Be- and I just found that she taught me a bit more when it came to vulnerability. Yeah. And I don't know if because my black therapist she, she understood. It's not a bad thing she understood me. It's a great thing she understood yeah. me. But sometimes I just I just didn't want personal opinions to tarnish yeah. what I was thinking. I'm not saying don't go to a black therapist. Do it hundred percent. But I think in general, as black people, going to therapy is the first place and it's okay you're not silly you're not stupid mm-hmm. you're not all those negative if anything you're strong for doing it because yeah. you're acknowledging right from wrong and that 50 minutes on paper it sounds like the smallest 50 minutes but honestly that 50 minutes can change your day Literally. and i used to walk out thinking raw she spoke some tears and <laughs> um it it put me in a position where 
I was scared to go back because I okay. hated how right she was. Is this your white therapist? My white therapist. Okay. I hate how um, right she was, and it was like, okay. And then when I went to my black therapist, she would say the same thing, but I just found that it just didn't. Maybe it was the therapist therapist herself. I don't know, but I just found my white therapist just a little bit better. And people are very surprised to hear me say that. That's interesting. That's and, really really interesting because a lot of black people prefer would obviously prefer to see a black therapist because we again how you said is that you would they would understand because they're black. Yeah. Our trauma. And our life experiences are not the same as our white counterparts Agree. in any way, shape, or Agree. form. Which is why a lot of people like to see a black therapist. But it's interesting that you said your white therapist challenged yeah, you more. Because I found for her, because she was open-minded. Okay. So she, she was asking me questions that I didn't want her to ask me. But she had to ask because she never understood. Mm. And I think maybe because of how she was brought Because she told me like, little stories about her life. Mm. She was around a lot of black people. So she got it from that perspective. She said, I'll never understand what it's like to be in your skin. But from what I saw of my black friends, I kind of understand. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, you've got that understanding. I don't need you to feel it because what we feel every day is not nice. Yeah. Um, I don't. I always tell people I don't ask people like my mom decided to do her thing and she made me. Yeah, I mean. And you like judge me because of my skin. Now I've got to learn how to accept my skin and feel comfortable walking in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but also kind of going back to the schizophrenia thing, mm-hmm. uh, the mental health. Yeah. I had the first conversation with my dad. Okay. And only because he got diagnosed with it. Okay. And the reason why I bring it up is because he, I remember him telling me his parents were very much like, no, it's yeah. something. And even me talking about this now, it could upset people because it's something that no one in my family talks about. Yeah. Everybody is, everyone knows. Everyone can But no one actively speaks well, yeah. openly about it because and, it's, it, and this is the thing going back to black people, it's like it's shameful yeah. and it's a stigma and the fact that you have a mental health, why do you have, it's kind of like they're angry at the fact that that person has a mental health diagnosis. And it's because he, how I looked at it is because he's different, but I'm like, what is different? Yeah. Like, and he sat there and explained it to me and stuff like that. And in my eyes, I was like, dad, you're so my dad. Like, I don't know any different. Um, mm-hmm. But what I know is what triggers you? Yeah. what to do if i'm in a situation where the things that shouldn't happen happen what to do um but i f- could see he was uncomfortable talking to me about it because it's not something he talks about and all he's time. your dad so yeah. dads are always there to protect their yeah girls. do you know what i mean they don't want to be the ones that are openly saying do you know what i've got an issue and i need you i need to talk to you about it yeah. because you're his daughter he would call me and be like please i'm having one of my moods and i'm like okay so was he diagnosed? Has he been diagnosed? My for whole a while? life. My whole life. Oh, okay. So life. has he? Was he ever like sectioned or put into hospital? Was it a case of they he, kind of could deal with it in the community? He's got his meds. Okay. Um, he doesn't really go into it, but he's told, and I don't really go into it on this as well. But mm. he told me certain things that's made me think. Okay, you've you've seen life. Yeah. Um, Which is again, <laughs> I will go back to the trauma and. Like I said, before a person's diagnosis, you need to look at that person before they receive that diagnosis because the trauma is real. And I think as much as him and my mum are not together, I have to respect my mum in the sense of she she accepted things a lot of women wouldn't accept. Mm. And a lot of things was done where my family should really be against my dad. But if anything, it makes my mum's side of family love my dad more. Yeah. And they never threw it in my face, my dad being unwell. Oh, yeah. So it helped me understand it. Um. So now... Even I work with special needs children, I have a bit more like, okay, this is how you navigate with children who are different or people who have something. It's more than what meets the eye. Um, people, 
like you never know like i remember growing up and all these boys were bunny weed enjoying their life and now you look at them you're like raw the same boy another conversation that, that was bunny. i don't understand why some black people think they're immune to like, having non-mental health issues because they smoke weed i don't know where they got that correlation from but it's not correct that is a, just a different conversation uh, anyway yeah because, and it's, yeah yeah but it just shows that you can't take life for granted just because you're enjoying your life one minute anything can change and i'm not trying to say it needs to be in a negative way but just be very mindful of the same person you was cussing and say all these negative things about you could potentially end up in that situation one day and it's a situation no one should go through it's not about mental health is it can happen at any time to anyone and i just want to reiterate that because i've heard and seen some people say some things that oh yeah i could never that can never happen to me and i could never have a breakdown in reality you don't know Mm. and i will tell you that for free i used to work where i used to work one of our residents was one of the smartest people i know i Mm. mean literally darwin's theory all of that oh, he wow. knew everything but he was on un- he got really unwell and then he ended up being in a community mental health team and having to live in support housing and it happens he never envisioned that was going to happen yeah a lot of people don't envision it and the fact that people are like oh yeah it can't happen to me it can it, it can, really can yeah. like take and especially to black people take note of everything you're feeling physically as well yeah. people need to understand that your body physically can tell you when you're feeling stressed. Your body physically will know. It will tell you. You need to look out for the physical signs as well. Because when you're low, when you have no mood, when you're irritable, look at why. Mm-hmm. It's not just, it doesn't have to just randomly come from nowhere. Sometimes it might just be, oh, I'm just feeling a bit rubbish. I'm having a rubbish day. Yeah. If it's a constant thing, look at it. Go to your GP, write it down, analyze it and see what's actually going on. And that's especially for black people. Because apparently, oh, I can feel low for five months and I'm fine. No, that's no. no. Go problem. to your GP yeah it's a shame as well because i think black people we just have a trauma that like i said we, we some people can't can't even speak about mm-hmm. and that will that, that will literally follow them to the grave because they just can't speak about that trauma but that trauma is probably the trauma that's eating them up to the point where they are really mentally unwell and the thing is they shouldn't be ashamed no one should be ashamed of what's happened like yes it's not nice you've gone through it but then they, they, it's people out here that are willing to support you and willing. it's your own people that are willing to support Literally. you just because you see people might be laughing and joking and having what it looks like the time of life doesn't mean they're going through they're not going through anything like there's people out here that are saying you know what come and talk to me talk to me i'm here for you and especially in 2020 2020 has not been a real place it just not to think how the year started and today what's going on i'm and over it i'm really over it it's sad to see how our skin color is treated um but i want to talk to the boys especially i want you to know that we as black women are here to support i love you mm-hmm. and you are our priority as much as ourselves mm-hmm. and it's okay to tell us when you're feeling down it's mm-hmm. okay to say mom i'm sad it's okay to say babes i need help like i'm yeah. not going to look at you less of a man because you're asking me for help if anything i'm looking at you as yes you are a man because you can come and talk to me and even women like if you need to speak to your friends and say look this is going on or i've just had a baby and i don't know why i'm feeling like this talk to someone i'd rather you talk than not talk and then go and suffer through this and then something happens to you and it's like it could have just been one person to help you especially the motherhood one yeah certain aspects have come up this week um yeah social media and stuff that hit home because i feel like if you the 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 recent things that have come out in the news and stuff about um 
black women in motherhood especially just please go talk to somebody it's needed for a therapist when you have a baby your emotions change anyway mm-hmm. so no one's going to judge you yeah if you feel you don't feel the way you feel like you're meant to feel yeah so please if you're a black woman please 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 go and seek therapy especially after motherhood please yeah i just want to kind of like round this up quickly um for those that are listening just know your friends are there for a reason you call these people your best friends talk to them they are your first point of call if you can't talk to your mum or your dad or your close siblings the people you call ride or dies besties your girlfriend your boyfriend whoever those people are your first point of call then you speak to your therapist or get professional help but you're not alone i think that's what you need to understand we are all here to support you i agree everything that we said oh thanks riri thank you for having me just so you know riri does have a podcast herself <laughs> Ooh, gotta plug her and um, hers is light underscore space talking about all things black and mental health please do follow her what is your insta and twitter like the instagram sorry is light underscore space underscore and twitter is light space underscore mh on the podcast you talk like Clarice said had a couple episodes talked about young people mental health the black community and mental health we're doing a men and mental health one and a motherhood and mental health so keep tuned thank you for listening